Like so many others, who you are is largely a result of your past. We have so many positive and not so positive experiences that we start to doubt ourselves and our place in this world. Let the healing process start now. Welcome to Shift Happens with Karin Weary and co-host Ida Serena Lee. When you start to focus on healing from the inside out, you'll learn so much more about your own health, your well-being, and your state of mind. Once you've started on that, the rest gets a little bit easier every day. Now, here is your host, Karin Weary and Ida Serena Lee. Hello and welcome to Shift Happens. This is my favorite day, favorite time of day too, when we roll out with Shift Happens because the information that we share here on this show truly is something that will make shift happen in your life for the better. We are all about making changes so that you can really truly be who you came here on this planet Earth at this time to be, because many times there's so much that is kind of piling up against us. And so what are some of the tips and tools and tricks for us to truly become unlimited? You know, we can blast all of that garbage out of here and, and, and you know, live, have enjoyable, healthy, high-quality lives and I am your host, Karen Weary. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and breakthrough life coach, which what that means is that I can work with you no matter where you are. And, uh, you know, I love that to be able to kind of break through all kinds of boundaries and barriers, whether it's uh, internal barriers versus external barriers of, of states and countries and whatnot. Um, and I do want to let you know, speaking of crushing boundaries and bursting through them, we are doing our next Crush Anxiety Challenge starting Monday, March 1st. And it is a five-day challenge. We had so much fun last time we did it. And uh, there was a lot of engagement, such a great group that uh, was joining us and had a lot of breakthroughs there. Um, and so who is this for? This is for anyone who, uh, tend, who just wants to break through to the next level. There are many times just little things that just are in our way. And uh, so if you tend to get stuck in your own thoughts, overthinking, uh, analysis, paralysis, uh, self-criticism, um, a lot of those kinds of things, then check us out. Join us. We are on the Facebook. It's a Facebook challenge private group. Just type in Crush Anxiety Challenge and we'll pop up and pop in there and, and join us. We're going to have a lot of fun. So, um, yeah. And so what is the topic today? Today, the topic is, you know, if you live with someone who's depressed, so it's not you that's depressed, although living with someone who's depressed can, uh, in a short amount of time, definitely make you depressed as well. And it can be extremely uh, frustrating and and so difficult to see when, you know, it's different when it's somebody that you know, you see them once in a while, but when you live with them, it's 24-7. 
So that's what the show is going to be all about. And what are some things to do and not do when you live with someone who's depressed? This could be a partner. It could be a child. Um, and the thing is that many times, actually, here's the thing that uh, their antidepressants are is one of the uh, number one prescribed medications. And I just real quick pulled up some numbers. This particular uh, uh, source that I pulled up real quick is from the NHS, National Health, what is it? Yeah. Mm, National Health something. I just kind of pulled it up real quick on my phone just to have some actual uh, numbers for you. But uh, anyway, so this was talking about in England. Um, So not in the U.S., but in England. But we know that it's probably very similar here in the U.S. for sure. So it just shows how it's worldwide. Uh, It it almost doubled the uh, um, number of prescriptions for antidepressants over a decade. So data from the NHS uh, digital show that 77.9 million prescriptions for antidepressants were given out in 2018 compared to 36 million in 2008. So that's not even counting uh, 2020. I bet you that probably doubled again. (laughs) Um, The number has been steadily increasing every year with 64.7 million given out in 2016 and 67.5 million prescribed in 2017. So that is a heck of a lot of prescriptions for um, antidepressants. And the fact that people continue to be depressed, uh, you know, you would think that then it would be something that people would be on, they would get better. But many times people aren't actually necessarily getting better. Now it works for some people. And it can definitely be something that can be uh, what somebody needs. Some people are on it for the rest of their lives. Some people just need a little boost for a little while to get through so that they can do what it is that they need to do to do the rest of their healing. Um, So the thing though, again, like I said, is it's not necessarily, uh, not necessarily super effective and or there's a lot more that needs to be done in order to really get out of depression. And here's the thing is, it's kind of like with anything in life, we have to work for it. We have to do something to make things happen. And of course, when you're depressed, you don't have any energy or motivation. That's kind of one of the key parts of being depressed. So um, yeah, so what do you do? Uh, now, when your partner or your child is the person who's depressed, many times we can feel a duty to make things happen, to be the person who pulls them out of their depression. And the thing is that, you know, to rescue them. Now, the thing to be careful of with when it comes to partners and children, that anytime that we're trying to rescue someone, no matter how much we love them, it is not your responsibility. Now, you can encourage, you can uh, support, you can um, kind of, um, you know, be the person who's 
trying to, you know, their cheerleader, but it is not your responsibility. Uh, And that piece is really important because uh, I have seen so many times where, and this is not necessarily uh, depression, so there are a lot of different pieces, moving pieces in here, you know, where uh, people, parents, they feel like they have to do something or they feel guilty about something, whether it's because you got divorced or because you were busy, a lot of parent guilt that happens when we have kids because we want the best for them. And it takes a lot of time and energy and effort, and um, but we still have to make money and do a million other things to make everything go around. So, parenting is really, really a hard, hard job. Um, so, there is often a lot of guilt in, associated with being a parent. And, and there, we can sometimes overcompensate for things, for behaviors, for feeling as though we're not doing enough, and therefore start doing things for our kids. And what we do then, instead of really helping, because that's what our intention is, we're, we're trying to help our kids, but many times we end up enabling rather than helping, and then the kids, they as they become adults, become entitled and they don't want to do what is what they need to do, what we all need to do in order to make things happen. So it's really a very fine balancing act as a parent to make sure that you're not doing for your kids what your kids can do for themselves. So that was one of the beautiful things about, uh, I had my son in, in Montessori, Montessori when he was little from the time he was three through fifth grade. And one of their big things, which I love, I so loved the Montessori education, was don't do for a child what they can do for themselves because you're really um, taken away from them because children, they feel... They feel empowered. They feel accomplished when they're the more that they can learn to do more and more things. So you really, um, you know, uh, kind of taken away an opportunity for them to build their confidence in their own abilities and their resourcefulness when you do for them what they can already do. And again, going back to you, also create entitled kids. So that's could be potentially a little piece of the depression, but you know, there are a lot of different things that come into factor into uh, depression. So now here's the thing with, when we talk about gender, male and female, when a man is with a female who is depressed and we know that men tend to, this is not to be meant to be, uh, you know, a sexist thing or anything like that, but we just know that men tend to be more action-oriented, and they want to fix things. If something isn't going well and there's something wrong with something, they tend to, not always, (laughs) there are plenty of men out there who don't care, that they they don't necessarily need to fix anything, but a lot of men do want to go and fix things. So it's like, all right, let me, what can I do? What can I make, do to make things better and, and fix the situation? So, it can be extremely, um, you know, frustrating and they can begin to feel very helpless when the things that they're doing to try to help their partner who's depressed and nothing's happening, they're still stuck in their depression. Um, and it's it, it 
that it brings up that helpless feeling, which is not a good feeling for anybody. And when it's the other way around, if it's the male in the relationship where the uh, who's depressed and the female who is trying to help out, many times what happens is that the connection is missed because um, many times uh, the depression the that causes withdrawal. They might want to isolate themselves, and then the female in the partner feels shut out, and. Then in some cases, some men's uh, depression turns into anger and irritability, and that just exacerbates the whole problem. It's like, okay, not only are we not connecting, we're not having conversation, you're not letting me into your life and what's going on in your internal being, but you're also being uh, irritable and, and aggressive and, and totally shutting me out. So it can be really devastating. And... Um, so there are a lot of things that happen in relationships where one person is is depressed. There, it it kind of like builds on each other, and, and just one thing on top of another, on top of another. And we just mentioned a couple of the things um, because apathy is one of the symptoms of depression, and so of course. That means that the other partner who's not depressed often is not having their needs met. And, you know, whenever both parties, they're trying to, uh, to attempt to have, you know, to feel love, many times they feel thwarted by the other person um, because they feel detached. And that's where that disconnection happens. And that, uh, that gap starts to erode and gets deeper and deeper and wider and wider until sometimes there's no repairing that gap because you just become strangers. You know, you're living in the same house, you're living parallel lives, and you're more like roommates than than partners. And, you know, so, and the depressed person is oftentimes somebody who has an inability to feel pleasure. And, and that may, many times also translates into low to no sex drive. And so that means then that, you know, the partner's uh, needs with regards to, you know, in the intimacy is also not being met. So it just becomes more and more areas of your life that where you're not being, you're not having your needs met. You're not connecting, you're not communicating, you're not being intimate, uh, you're not being social. And um, certainly, you know, when a lot of places in the world, around the world, with what's been going on this last year in 2020, many places continuing into now, I happen to live in Florida, which is an open state, but a lot of places there lockdowns and all kinds of things that are in place and it can be scary. It can cause a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression from the isolation. And, you know, so uh, it certainly has fed into if, if you weren't depressed already, then you might have become depressed now. And um, so here's the thing is that uh, as a partner who is living with this person that you, um, it can be a balancing act or a challenge to decide whether, you know, am I, am I 
being part of the solution or am I contributing to the problem? And that's really challenging because, of course, you want to uh, add to the solution rather than the problem. And it can be really difficult to know, okay, well, at what point am I enabling versus at what point am I pushing and making things worse? And so, you know, it's something that, um, that, and, and especially again, when the person who's depressed is not communicating, they're shutting down and it really leaves the person, the partner kind of left to their own devices to just try to guess. And many times uh, in, in these relationships, what happens is the non-depressed partner can begin to also isolate themselves because they want to be there. They want to be supportive of their partner. And that way uh, s- sort of begin to do depressive behaviors. And, um, you know, we can do depression, which sounds silly, but that's where we do things that, you know, lead to certainly doesn't help us get out of depression, such as not turning the lights on, keeping the shades closed, not letting light in, uh, staying in bed, not bathing, doing all those kinds of things. If you weren't depressed before, you certainly will be (laughs) after doing that. And again, that's where that balancing act is of, that when you're really in deep depression, your your whole body just feels like lead. Like you cannot get roll yourself out of bed and do normal um, activities of daily living. So it becomes really challenging. Now, when we are going to be rolling into a few messages, um, but when we come back for the next segment, we're going to get into, okay, so that's what all the problems are. That's kind of what the scenario overall looks like. So what can you as a partner do? And, um, you know, because there are things that you can do and it may or may not be what you think it is. So you will definitely want to hang in there and come back after these couple of messages. And in the meantime, while we're on break, while you're scrolling around on your on your social media, check us out on Facebook Crush Anxiety Challenge, because uh, we are starting that on Monday. It's a five-day challenge, and I keep it to about 30 minutes every day. And you can always, if you, it's always best if you can be there live, but if you can't be there live, just watch the replay. And the most important day is Friday. So really totally worth your time. Think of how much time you're scrolling around on social media. So join us over there, Crush Anxiety Challenge on Facebook, and we will be right back to talk more about what you as a partner can do if your partner is depressed. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Insights Dramatic Weight Loss Coaching Program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more. Healy is a holistic wellness device used to balance and support the body's bioenergetic field. 
It can analyze imbalances on our physical, mental, emotions, and energetic fields and recommends programs and frequencies to bring them back into balance. For your complimentary analysis, contact Karin Weary at 386-848-5170. Visit her website at insightscounselingcenter.com or reach out to her at karinw at insightscounselingcenter.com. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Shift Happens with Karin Weary and Ida Serena Lee. Do you have a question or comment about today's program? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Call in to the live show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to karinw at insightscounselingcenter.com. Remember that Karin is spelled K-A-R-I-N. Now, back to Shift Happens. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Shift Happens. I am your host, Karen Weary. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist and breakthrough life coach. And today, we are talking about depression. And not if you have depression, although if you have depression, we can help you out too. But the problem is many times if your loved one um, is suffering from depression, and it's always worse when it's somebody that you live with because it's 24-7, and all you want to do is love on your person and help them and get them out of that funk. However, we are all on our own individual journey. And that's the part that is so frustrating when we just want to make something happen and it we, we can't. We are stuck with being able to provide information, being able to, you know, be encouraging and reaching out and doing those kinds of things. And uh, so one of the things that, um, so this section is going to be, what can you do as the person who loves someone who's depressed? So the first thing is to research depression. Now, I have to say, from my personal take with my 20-some years of doing this work in in, in this field of psychology, mental health, that 
I personally find that there's way too much emphasis on heredity. You know, a lot of people uh, will very quickly assign depression and anxiety to heredity. When in the work that I do and the way that I have learned how the brain responds to challenging life events, I know that 99.9% of these situations are things that can be resolved. And in the way that I work with people and have developed over the last 15 years, many times this can be taken care of in one to six sessions. (laughs) Y'all, I am telling you, this can for the most part. Now, my thing is that if it's not done, if it's not taken care of after, you know, a few sessions, like generally one to six sessions, then now we're talking about maybe there is something biological going on. But for the most part, when we look through what's going on, what has happened in the person's life is there's some form of trauma. Now, you might not recognize that situation as a trauma, but it doesn't matter what you think about the situation that the person has been through. It is all about how this person has perceived it, how, and not just how they in their mind has perceived it, because there are a lot of people who dismiss what they've been through as, well, that's not a trauma. Uh, it is how your, your crocodile brain <laughs> perceived it. If your crocodile brain that gets the information first decided, uh-oh, this is not a good situation, and then your brain just goes into, um, you know, fight, flight, or freeze mode. And that is then how that situation has been frozen and stored. And what happens is when that has happened, now every time you get triggered, which triggers a hair fine, it could be a sight, it could be a sound, it could be a smell, it could be anything, brings up all those things that have happened that you know, are associated with this hair, hair fine. You might not even in your mind recognize that this was connected. Um, And now your brain replays what happened as though the way it was frozen, which was in the, in the worst part of the moment of the particular situation and in a way that it never ends. So this is why people get depressed. This is why some people it shows up as depression. Some people it shows up as anxiety. Sometimes it shows up as a nice little mixture of both or, or PTSD. But again, this with the way that I work with people, like I said, it can be taken care of generally in one to six sessions. So there is really no need to continue to suffer through. And um, yeah, so do some research again from my, what I see, even when I was looking around, I was, you know, getting my inspiration for, for the show today. And again, I just came across a lot of the hereditary, hereditary, hereditary. And um Yeah, I just, uh, again, with my experience for more than 15 years of doing the methodology that I use, which is so effective, developed that over, you know, in the field for more than 20 years. So 
Um, I felt very frustrated before I developed this method that I'm calling the four C's of empowerment, which if you join me in my Crush Anxiety Challenge that starts Monday, uh, March 1st, you can find that on Facebook. It's a Facebook private Facebook group. Join us over there. Um, then you will learn more about the four C's uh, method of empowerment um, and so that you can learn about that. So that could be uh, something f- for your loved one also to join. Now, some things that really help is uh, exercise, meditation, getting direct sunlight, especially if you live somewhere up in, in the north where there's less sun. It's been winter. Um, and so in many places up north, you're not getting necessarily a whole lot of sun. Um, maybe also if you live down south, I don't know. I've only been in the northern part of the of the globe. Um, and that's where I actually now, because I, I used to live in, in Denmark, I grew up there. So I, I suffered from the seasonal affective depression. So I, I know it's real. <laughs> and, um, and now, of course, they discovered that after I left and came to Florida, sunny Florida, uh, they actually have UV lights and people who have experienced it. And so it only takes 15 to 20 minutes and you can just have it on. A lot of people, they'll have it on while they eat their breakfast and, um, and just like that, it's amazing what that can do. Supplements is another thing that can be helpful because sometimes it could be a gut uh, health imbalance. Um, I was talking a little bit about that today, how, um, how, how it actually in our gut, we are supposed to have 80% of the good bacteria and 20% of the bad bacteria. And that is the perfect balance that, you know, how our body stays healthy and, and how it does the, the job it's supposed to do. And in our gut, it, that's where 90% of our immune system is created, as well as 90% of our serotonin is, is created, which is amazing, which is, that's why gut health is so uh, pertinent to both our physical health with our immune system, as well as our mental health, because serotonin is one of the neurotransmitters that make us feel better. It makes, it lifts us up. It gives us a little mood boost. Could be also that you need some B vitamins. A lot of people are deficient in B vitamins, and it's something that we need every day. So getting a good source of B vitamins can be something that can also make a difference. Yeah. Magnesium is this another thing that some people, they need that they have a deficiency in. Just because of the way that our foods are and how we live our life and so many processed foods and such is something that many times we actually have a, a lot of deficiencies, which you could be a little strange when you think about how, oh, we're this highfalutin society, you know, have all the money in the world and whatnot. We should have the best of the best, but we don't. <laughs> and that's why I'm building a food forest in my in my garden. And when we move, because we're getting rid, we're building a house. So uh, we will be having a lot of our own food. So we know exactly where it came from <laughs> and be helping the environment that way too. Um, now you as the caretaker, you can certainly encourage, uh, definitely is a good idea to encourage and invite your partner or loved one to join you in those kinds of things, uh, to, well, to do it themselves. But certainly, it's always better if you are doing it yourself, because guess what? You need all of those things as well. (laughs) So definitely, for sure, do these things for yourself, because 
we all need to do self-care no matter what's going on just because life is life is life and sometimes there's a lot of stuff that's going on and we need to do self-care all of the time uh, this is why i i love to quote lisa nichols when one of my favorite quotes from her is that we have to give from our overflow and what that means is that we have to fill ourselves up all of the time so that we are overflowing from all of the self-care that we've done. And that is what we actually have to give. Too many of us are giving from our cup until there's nothing left. And this is why people get, and this is, could be one of the reasons why your loved one is, is feeling depressed. Maybe they gave and they gave and they gave and they never did any self-care. And why is that? Could very well be because those with some of the messages, whether they were verbally said or they were shown, um, you know, our communication is is very subtle. It's not all words. There's a that's only about twenty percent of our communication. It's uh, in body language and and in whether you are you know being if you're. Um, kind of being received, you know, with smiles or frowns or brought in or frozen out, those kinds of things. They're all messages about what is going on. So, whether there's approval or disapproval. And so, you can very well have some negative self-beliefs that are, you know, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. It's my fault. All those kinds of things. Those are um, the outcome that then, and that's all happening in the subconscious mind. And this is where um, it's from the, these messages that are deep in the subconscious mind that from which we are acting. So many times we don't even realize what it is that's coming from. And um, so, uh, and again, this is, this is exactly what uh, my four C's of empowerment actually addresses. It addresses what is the, uh, the what's going on in the subconscious so we can clean it out because we want to clean it out so that then we can have some clarity and then we can build confidence and then we get to crystal clear vision of where we want our life to go. So, um, yeah. Um, and so... Another piece to do when it comes to when your loved one is the person who's depressed is to do things that are fun for you. It's also part of self-care, but you can, again, as I mentioned in the last segment, you can get very much caught up in staying home when your loved one wants to isolate. They don't want to go out. They don't want to be social. So, oh, okay, I guess I'll stay home with you because I want to be a good partner. And then next thing you know, you're not going out, you're not having your social needs met, you're not going to the gym, you're not doing this, that, and the other. And that's the last thing that you can do because also, if you think of it this way, instead of feeling guilty for going out and doing something that you enjoy, think about how your uplifted mood is going to help um, your partner because they're going to feel that you're coming home in a better mood. Now, they may or may not show it, <laughs> but whether your partner shows it or not, you need it and you have to take care of you. There's no two ways about that. It's just how it is. 
All right. So super, super important. Here's another thing. Now, some of you may have heard of the four agreements. It says, it's a, gosh, I forget the author, but if you know the four agreements, you know who the author is. Now, the second, um, the second agreement is take nothing personal. And, um, and again, that, that can be challenging, but that's okay. It's part of your journey on this, on, on this path here. So whatever it is that's going on, it most likely is not about you. It's their own internal uh, hot mess that's going on. And, and here's the thing. When there are events that have happened, traumatic events, then many times there are actual anniversaries. So it might not, it could be holidays. Holidays are very, very times often very challenging, um, but certainly the anniversary of something that happened. It could be, it could have been a rape. It could have been a loss of a loved one. It could have been a car accident. It could have been a million different things. So when that anniversary date comes up, then many times that triggers it. So it's coming up again. So that's where things could get worse. So, and th- another thing is uh, compassion. So having compassion for your loved one and, and being gentle. So gentle prodding to invite them to come out and exercise with you, invite them to come out and watch a movie with you, to invite them to do things, but don't take it personal if they say no, go off and do whatever it is that you wanted to do. And um, the thing is, because again, energy and moods, can be very, very contagious. So you don't want to get dragged down by them because depression is very heavy. I mean, it feels heavy and it feels thick, the energy, right? So you'll want to go ahead and keep your energy and as high as possible. So those are some of the things for self-care. When we come back, Um, I am going to talk a little bit about um, what are some things to really look out for when it comes to suicide, because depression, the the biggest um, danger with depression is suicide, the possibility of suicide. Um, And then I will talk about some other alternative things that you can do uh, to suggest to your loved one uh, that will help. So, and one of those things is... Um, well, first of all, let me just go ahead and share. Again, go to uh, Facebook and type in Crush Anxiety Challenge. This could be one thing that you could do or, and or with your partner. And uh, we have a lot of fun. It starts, it's a five-day challenge. It starts this Monday, March 1st. So jump on there, sign up for it, and uh, have some fun. All right, we'll be right back after these few messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Insight's Dramatic Weight Loss Coaching Program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more. 
Healy is a holistic wellness device used to balance and support the body's bioenergetic field. It can analyze imbalances on our physical, mental, emotions, and energetic fields and recommends programs and frequencies to bring them back into balance. For your complimentary analysis, contact Karin Weary at 386-848-5170. Visit her website at insightscounselingcenter.com or reach out to her at karinw at insightscounselingcenter.com. Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins looks at how natural healing and biological dentistry can safely and effectively treat most health problems. You'll hear about the innovations in both traditional and alternative medicine therapies with doctors and dentists, along with discussions with chiropractors, medical experts, homeopaths, naturopaths, and energetic healers. It's great to have all the best information in one place. And Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins brings it all together. Listen Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Shift Happens with Karin Weary and Ida Serena Lee. Do you have a question or comment about today's program? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Call in to the live show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to karinw at insightscounselingcenter.com. Remember that Karin is spelled K-A-R-I-N. Now, back to Shift Happens. Hello and welcome back to Shift Happens. I am your host, Karen Weary, and every Tuesday I am on here telling you some stuff that will make some serious shift happen in your life if you implement it. And that is always the key, right? If we don't implement it, ain't nothing gonna change. So I am, so that you know what my background is, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist and have been doing this for a long time. (laughs) I have been doing this work for, I, I don't even know anymore, 20 some years, so long time. And the methodology that I have developed has been growing and, and um, building over the last 15 years, and it is so powerful. I am just absolutely adore working with people and seeing the kinds of changes that happens. So I'm also a breakthrough life coach, which means that I can work with you even if you're not in my state. So, um, and this Monday coming up, March 1st, I'm starting a Crush Anxiety Challenge, which is a great Thing for you. It's a five-day challenge, free, only about 30 minutes of your day, uh, but it is powerful. I strongly, highly encourage you to sign up for just type Crush Anxiety Challenge into Facebook, and it will take you right into um, the group hit that you want to join, and off we go. So that is one action that you can take for you and your loved one, because today's topic is if your loved one is depressed, seven things to do and not do. So we talked about a lot of different things, which a lot of it had to do really with self-care because you, as the person who lives with someone who is depressed, really need to take ultimate self-care. Again, we all always need it. Now, 
Uh, one last thing, actually, I just wanted to add before moving on to the suicide talk, we have to go there when we're talking about depression, is to listen. You know, now, that part is something that most people, we haven't learned how to listen. And there are a lot of people who really suck at it. <laughs> and it is uh, one part that can, it's shocking what a big difference that can make when you just sit down, you close your mouth and you open up your ears and you really truly listen to what somebody has to say. Right there, uh, when we all, it's a human need, we all want to be heard and validated. It doesn't mean that you have to agree with the other person. It doesn't mean that you have to really understand them, but you can certainly hear and validate somebody no matter what your opinions are. You just put everything, all your thoughts and your beliefs on the shelf. You can always take them back down and and apply them later. But one of the best things that you can do for not just your your loved one who's depressed, but in any situation, is to hear and validate the other person. So that can certainly alleviate the the person's uh, feeling of being isolated because you're hearing them. Now, what about suicide? So this is the biggest danger when it comes to depression. Not that all people who are depressed, um, you know, are, are at risk of suicide. Now, there are a lot of people who, you know, may have a fleeting thought about it, uh, but, but for most people, it's just a fleeting thought. It's just more of, oh boy, it would be really nice if I didn't have to deal with this anymore. It would be one way out for sure. Uh, now, there are many levels of that to where people start to really think it out and plan it and, um, and take action. So, what are some behaviors to look for if uh, to, to take a look and see if your loved one may be in that space where they are thinking about and taking action on suicide? One of the things is, um, oh, sorry, before a couple more things before we jump into that is that you as the as the person supporting the person who's depressed is recognize the improvements and really play them up. We really all need to celebrate improvements and they could be minor little things. Maybe your loved one just got out of bed and showered. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I love that you, you know, you know, you're all fresh and you clean and 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 looking and smelling God. This is amazing. Doesn't that feel amazing? Uh, and also don't make excuses for them. So, and of course, you want to encourage them to seek help. So, uh, also, before, again, jumping back into the uh, suicide part, is a lot of people don't realize or recognize, they don't know the difference between a psychiatrist and a psychologist and other mental health therapists. A psychiatrist is a doctor who's an MD, medical doctor, and they specialize in psychiatry. If you go to a psychiatrist... They will spend maybe most of them 10, 20 minutes with you, do a quick uh, interview, and then they'll prescribe medication. They're not going to be doing counseling with you. They will not be talking with you and going in depth. That is an MD. That's just a psychiatrist. Now, psychologist, mental health therapist, licensed marriage, family therapist, social worker, all those, they're all people who will do actual therapy with you. So, 
Um, and uh, one of the things is, okay, that uh, you can be talking about things. There are a lot of things that can be helpful with regards to, um, you know, there's art therapy, there's cognitive behavioral and whatnot. In EMDR, I highly, highly, highly recommend EMDR for a lot of things because really this stuff is trauma-based. I would say 99% of it. And uh, that's what really gets there. And this is where I've developed the four C's of empowerment. Uh, clear out the trauma. And that's oftentimes done in one to six sessions so that you get clarity, all the, the fog lifts, and then you start gaining confidence and we then gain crystal clear vision of what it is that you want to do. And that is the process that I take people through. It's generally fairly quick. It's generally done in, in three months, all of that. So now, again, back to the suicide thing. <laughs> so some things to recognize is uh, that they may have a deterioration. Uh, it could also go the other way around. Maybe you see a sudden improvement and where that improvement comes in, that is because they made up their mind, they found a solution and their solution is suicide death be done with it already it's like oh oh god now i made a decision i don't i'm not sitting on the fence we all know how it is to sit on the fence when it comes to the decision that's the most stressful time once we made a decision it's like oh okay now we can just move on with our life except they're moving on with towards death so that is one thing to look up for and which is kind of scary right you think they're doing better and then they're not um maybe and especially if that starts happening then Watch to see if they're giving away their belongings, especially prize belongings. Maybe they're writing a will. They're getting their affairs in order. Um, you know, they may be talking about dying because it's on their mind. So, so again, listen, using your listening skills, practice them. And they, you know, in other cases, they may engage in more risk, um, high-risk behavior, such as drinking a lot more or just drinking, you know, excessively or taking drugs and going into excess because it doesn't matter anymore, right? So, so if anything like that happens here is I'm going to share the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline and it is 1-800-273-8255. So let me repeat that. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number is one 800 273 8255. And uh, you can use it because they can give you some ideas of what to do, and your uh, loved one can use it if they are in that state. So, what are some things that you can do? Now, I was just talking about this. There is also something that's new on the market. Well, this particular thing is new. Actually, frequency therapy is not really new. Um, but uh, it is new in this way that there is a device now that is, it, it, I can hold it in the palm of my hand. Now, it helps me with my back pain when I ever have back pain. It helped me with, uh, I helped my son when he was hitting the leg with a, with a baseball. He's a baseball player. And, um, you know, he, well, I was able to send him uh, frequencies, which sounds crazy, but it, it really works. He should have had a big giant bruise and swelling um, in his leg for at least a week, if not more, from that baseball. But the two days after, uh, you know, he, he didn't have any pain. 
and there was no bruising and no swelling. Actually, the day after, but I saw him two days after. And we were digging around on his leg to see where even the ball was. All we saw was a couple, four little pink dots from where the seams of the ball was. So this is how powerful this is. Headaches, you name it. Now, this device. The frequency therapy actually also helps with depression and anxiety. People will also will find that they gain clarity, they feel calm. And because why is this helping? Because we are energy, we are frequency. Everything in the world is energy and frequency and is vibrating. So this device actually has something that measures what I, where our frequencies are and what they're supposed to be and then brings it back into homeostasis. So um, that is yet another non-medication way that is helping so many people these days. So I really love to be able to have non-medication ways because medications have a lot of side effects and they're not always very effective either. So people can be on medication for many, many years and still feel depressed and sad. So with that, because I, you know, I always like to talk about solutions. Um, so if you want to learn more about the four C's method of empowerment that can help take you out of this. Um, if you want to learn about frequency therapy, reach out to me. You can find me on LinkedIn on insightscounselingcenter.com. That's my website. You can find me on Facebook, Karin Weary or Insights Counseling Center. Look me up and join our Crush Anxiety Challenge on Facebook. It's starting on Monday. It's a five-day challenge. You will learn a lot more about the four C's of empowerment method that I use that I have developed. And uh, let's see. Yeah. And that is it. So share this episode with anybody that you know who um, have are suffering with depression or uh, live with someone who is depressed because um, there's a lot of information here that hopefully will save a life, will save yours. Remember, you are not responsible for the other person's behavior. You can just be there. Do not go down and with the ship. <laughs> okay. So do what you have to do to take care of you so that you can go out there and shine your beautiful inner light because you have special talents that the world needs. So until I, I see you next week, share this information and know that I love you and I will talk with you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shift Happens. Please join host Karin Weary and Ida Serena Lee for another edition of our program next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We wish you continued success as you discover the true you.